dives in for the touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sir, he did. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. You're listening to the One Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the One Pridecast. I'm Tori Petri, joined as I am on Wednesdays during the week when we record with Lomas Brown. Hi. Lomas, how's it going on this gloomy Wednesday? Yes, it's gloomy, but you know, it's a fine day to be, I don't know. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. You're trying real hard. I, I really You're was. trying real it, hard to perk this day up. I know, it's a gloomy day, but I, maybe, maybe I perked it up. Maybe I'll go see a movie. Maybe you, that'll you perk could me do up. That. Maybe you could that's do what that. happened. It's a little inside joke with me and Tori right now. <laughs> but maybe I'll go see a movie today and cheer myself up, Tori. That does help. Yes. That does help. Especially with the fact that uh, we might be having some snow this afternoon here in Michigan, which is like, what in the world? I mean, it's Michigan, so, you know, <laughs> it happens. But it's also, every time, the first snow of the year, it's... I know you're never ready for it, Hits me you? hard. I know, it does, But yeah. here's here's my philosophy. If it snows, you can start listening to Christmas music. Well, I thought they start that in November anyway. You there, sure? There's a lot of different opinions. So okay. there's some that are like, as soon as midnight hits on October 31st, yeah. like as soon as it's November 1st, you can listen to Christmas music. Usually, as a native Floridian who Christmas season does definitely does not start in November uh, until after Thanksgiving. I would wait until Thanksgiving Day to listen to Christmas music. But when I moved to Michigan, I implemented the rule that if it snows before Thanksgiving, then you can listen to Christmas music. Okay, I like that. So I feel like um, I might be listening to Christmas music on my drive home today. Okay, well, actually, it looks like it's getting Christmassy time even before November. Wow, that's right. We haven't even gotten to Thanksgiving yet. No. You know, wow, yes. Well, Tori, like you say, it hits you hard every year. It does. You know, so, you know, it's coming. We know it's coming. We just have to get ourselves prepared for it. And we're going to Chicago, too. That'll probably be a chilly one. Ah, yes. Yeah. But at least we get it out of the way, I think, a little earlier, too. Exactly. Because it could be later in the year when it might be bad. Yeah. Well, you know what hit the Lions hard this weekend was their game in Oakland. We'll talk about the game. Lomas, any exciting road chronicles for you from Oakland? Well, what did I do out in Oakland? Oh, my goodness, yes. Tell us about the honor flight because this was the coolest thing. I edited the video for this on DetroitLions.com. I wasn't there because I went to Oakland with the team, but, like, wow, what a cool event. I'm glad you reminded me. I don't know what I was thinking about because the first name I'm going to say is Dr. Clarence Vaughn. He is so amazing. He was a 90-year-old vet that I was with that had been in the Korean Vietnam and he was in the Gulf War and man he was a pilot and the and a doctor I'm wow. like man how you do both but man he was so amazing and Tori so sharp with it I mean it's amazing how sharp his mind is at 90 we had a wonderful time it started uh Friday night with dinner and then we flew to Washington DC together as part y'all got of the up Honor real flight. early Real, real early. We had to be up at 3.30 to get to the airport at 4 o'clock in the morning. So, But it was nice. And you know what shocked me, too, is I didn't know MSU had an alumni, a D.C. alumni group out there, which lined up the airport and they saluted us. It was amazing. We went to all the memorial sites that whole day, shared lunch, stories. I had to leave early because I had to get out to Oakland for the game. But it was wonderful. And the 
coolest part about this whole story is that me and Clarence have been texting each other. He texts at I love 90. That. And we're going to have, we're going to break some bread. You know, that's my favorite saying. Yeah, Lomas so, loves <laughs> to break some bread. <laughs> so me and him are going to do that because he's in the, um, He's in the home right in Novi. So that's right by me. So me and him are going to get together. So that's the coolest part that. about it. Yeah, it is. It was awesome, though, Tori. Changed me. It was changing. And that's what I gathered from just looking at the video from it because I had to go through all the footage from the day. And there was so much of it. And all of it was just so touching. And it really struck me how much of a friendship you guys were able to forge with these veterans that you were just accompanying for the day. And... Uh, one that was uh, I went through an interview with was Andre Flewellen and his veteran, mm-hmm. and they were just best of friends, which yeah. it sounds like you <laughs> and Clarence were as well. And how cool that just a single day can result in a friendship like that. And I know that there's so much respect for those yes. guys and for what they have done for our country and, and all of the things that they've sacrificed. And wow, just yeah, what an amazing thing to be a part of. And this like, like they look at us as a wild moment being around ex-Lions, but we kept telling them, man, the sacrifices that not only they made, but their families. Think about family members. And like you said, Tori, I think the one part that hit me the hardest was looking at that Vietnam Wall and all those names. And I had an uncle that got a Purple Heart. He got shot in the eye in Vietnam. And I couldn't, it was nowhere I would be able to find his name. It was that many names on that wall. So it's a lot of touching things when you go to D.C. and go through some of those memorials. What was it like being with them at the memorials for the wars they served in? Yeah, that and I think that was the thing. And, you know, they told us, you know, just let them reflect. Some of them, and they knew, we knew a lot of them would hold it in, but some of them would reflect. And the young man, and he was in the, he was 69, that was with Herman. He actually broke down a couple of times while mm-hmm. we were together. And it was, you know, Clarence, Dr. Clarence Vaughn was strong, but he broke down. So it was all right to see those guys break down because, again, man, they went through so much. And, I, I mean, they were telling us about stories of losing friends. And mm. I think that's a lot that a lot of them shared, that emotion of losing oh, friends. Sure. Yes. I'm sure. So it was, but, it, Tori, I'm telling you, like they say when you go on mission trips and you do different things, I never thought that those hours would impact me the way they did. But they really did. They really, really did. Well, it's amazing because you're doing something for somebody else to, uh, you know, do something generous for them. Like these veterans, many of them have never seen the memorials for the wars that they fought in. Mm -hmm. And it's such a cool program, this honor flight program, to be able to take these guys to go see these memorials for the very first time. And you're doing something for them. That's the point of the trip. And like you mentioned, missions trips as well. But often you end up getting as much if not more out of it as the people that you're doing it for because it's just so impactful to watch them be changed and to watch uh you know how they react to this and it's just so touching yeah that talons out program it was free for those guys so everything was free for them they didn't even if they wanted trinkets or anything they weren't allowed to dig in their pockets anything they wanted that day it was on us so it, it was awesome they do a great job that program i had never heard of it until I got asked to do it this year. I already told them I want to come back. I know. I just watching the video was impacted yeah. by it and I was just so touched I love uh, covering community events uh, for the Lions and that was one particular one where I didn't get to attend uh, and 
I was like, I would have liked to be on this yeah. one because it just looked like it was so powerful. Um, so kudos to the Honor Flight Network yes. for taking those guys out there and even more kudos to the guys who sacrifice and serve our country. Absolutely. Uh, I am blown away by Absolutely. what they do. Yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> let's transition into a little bit of football conversation. She had to take a deep breath. Yeah, it's, it it's a deep that's sigh. a tough transition right there because obviously we're going from something that matters deeply to people and human lives and the course of our nation, and we're talking about football. Yeah. But that's what we're here to talk about, so we do kind of have to talk about football a little bit. So just keep that in mind as we're talking about this tough game for the Lions. Uh, it's not everything that matters in life. It was a tough one, um, but with that perspective of the conversation we just had before this, not everything uh, matters that much. That's right. Yeah, so, absolutely right. Let's talk about this game in Oakland, Lomas. Yes. What went wrong? Wow, Tori, again, if I could, if I had a 45, you know one of those, you probably don't know one of those records. So she's so young. But if I had a 45 <laughs> and I could put it on, I'm going to start it over and over and over again <laughs> at the same spot. I don't know what's going on with our defense. I just don't understand what's going on with it. it Again, coming into the season, supposedly our strong point, and game after game, it's the reason. It seems to be the reason why we're not closing these games out. I mean, Tori, it's just you know these teams they come into the game, and I'm telling you, this is how uh, how uh, an opposing offensive coordinator sounds when he's addressing his offense. Guys, we're going to line up in six personnel, seven personnel, and we're just going to pound the ball at them. We're going to run inside zone. We, can, we might run a little outside zone, but we want to concentrate on hitting them up the middle. You know, we're going to bounce it out when you have the opportunity. Lyman, I just need you to stay on your guys because we have enough guys that we have good enough backs to get through the holes that you guys create because the Lions aren't getting off their blocks. They're getting stuck on their blocks. And if I'm an offensive line coach, I'm just telling my big guys to get in the way. You know, you don't have to do anything, especially just get in the way because right now they're not shedding blocks. Right now we're not keeping our gap integrity. Right now it's a lot of things that we're not doing that's allowing these offensive linemen and these running backs to basically pick which hole they want to go through. And it's kind of disturbing because physically it's happening to us up front, and that's what we didn't expect coming to coming into this season you sound like you've been listening to the team meeting rooms the opposition there Lomas. i'm telling you because that's what i would do if i'm a coach <laughs> that's the game plan the blueprint is out there tory for how you want to beat the detroit lions all you got to do is line up in big personnel and run the ball at them continue to run the ball at them and eventually you're gonna pop one big play on them and oh by the way maybe you could play action pass a little bit and get a play over the top oh and by the way let's send our receivers crossing shallow over the middle and they so it's just you know the blueprint is out there it really is guys Lomas is bringing the heat today yeah I'm just, but you know you just after a while just seeing the same thing and you know just not adjusting to it after a while you just wonder what's going on and and I'm not look I'm not just landing on the coaches you know, because, again, they don't go out there and tackle. They don't go out there and block, you know. So you got to look at the players. And right now, you just don't know what's going on in that locker room with this team. 
Yeah, it's really tough to diagnose, and uh, we do Tori's take. I've talk, talked about this on the podcast before, but we take fan questions on my video on Mondays, and a lot of the questions were, well, what's wrong with the defense? How do you fix it? And I said, you know, if it were a simple answer, the Lions would have done it already. And I don't really know what the answer is as to how to fix it. Obviously, stop the run. Right. Obviously, that's one of the biggest things. Obviously, get after the passer. Okay, yeah, we can definitely say those are big things. Okay, don't give up big plays. But why aren't they doing those things? The answers are obvious, but the whys are what's a little bit more perplexing. Exactly right. And then uh, I think the other perplexing thing is – why aren't the adjustments being made to stop teams from doing that? So, you know, it's a combination of a lot of things, Tori. It really is. But right now, you know, again, to me, it just starts up front. And not only um, am I talking about the D-line, I'm talking about the offensive line, too, because, again, you know, everything goes hand in hand. You know, when you're not good on – or when you're not good on defense and you're giving up a lot of yardage and you're letting teams continue to be in the game, then you have to start pressing on the offensive side of the ball. So you start getting out of character and start doing things that you probably wouldn't do because you're behind or because you have to keep up with this team. So that's how everything is just kind of tied in together. And then again, you think about special teams. Now you might start taking some chances on special teams because you need to generate points or you need to generate field position. So maybe you think about fakes and different things like that. So everything starts coming into play when things don't work out or fundamentally you're not sound. And right now, fundamentally, we're just not sound right now. Show your Lions pride by going authentic with gear from shop.detroitlions.com. For a vast selection of t-shirts, hats, jerseys, and novelties with convenient flat rate shipping right to your doorstep, visit shop.detroitlions.com, your 24-7 home for Lions gear. Okay, well, we've talked about the things that are going wrong. Right. The offense was pretty exciting to watch on Sunday, though. I no, mean, Marvin Jones no, right. Jr. and Kenny Galladay, what an awesome day. Like I said, Tori, I, and I'll continue to say this, and they're climbing. I I said this from the beginning. We got a top five receiving core, and they could be higher than that. Matthew is having a phenomenal year, you know, without having a run game again. You know, so, yes, you're right. We're moving the ball, and we, we've we even picked up in the red zone, you know, putting points on the board. So we, they, we've been doing a nice job all year long of doing what we have to do to stay in games or to win games. But, again, you know, when you can't get stops or you can't get the other opposing offense off the field, then that's when things start snowballing against you. But I agree with you. I think that's been our bright spot this year has been the offense and our receiving group. And I think we have a fear. We should have a feared receiving group because I'll put them up against anyone. And Matthew, like I say, he's been playing phenomenal. How do they play so well in the passing game when there isn't much of a running game to rely on. I know that and again that's a testimony to how Matthews running this offense is a testimony to Coach Belville some of the play designs that they have because again some of the routes that 
they, uh, that are coming open. It's some beautiful designs to some of those routes. And Coach Bevel's been doing a great job all year long. I've had no problem with how he's been calling the offense. He mixes it up. His play designs are wonderful. Like you say, Matthew, is stri- he's striving and don't have a run game. And you don't see that a lot happening. I mean, he's had to do it. But, again, it makes it that much tougher on them. And he's having to what? They're talking about he might, he's on pace to hit 5,000 yards. So, and, you know, it's just a testimony to the designs of the plays and how coaches putting them in position to succeed. But, again, if you had a run game, believe me, he probably could open up the playbook so much more if he had a run game. But, again, Coach Belville is hamstrung by yeah. not having a run game. Yeah, definitely makes things a little bit tougher. But it's incredible to watch Stafford go for 406 yards in a game where he doesn't have a run game. And, by the way, it was Kenny Galladay's birthday on Sunday, and Marvin Jones Jr. was returning to the Bay Area uh, where he played college ball. I met his dad, too. All his family was there, so I met his dad. He looks – he looks just kids, like his dad. Well, and his kids look identical okay, to him, so those okay. must be strong genes. Oh, my God. They, as soon as I see yep, that's yep, yeah, so you can tell <laughs> right away. That's hilarious. Yes. I've never met his dad, but I've met his kids, and his kids are carbon copies yeah. of him. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes. So it was. It was, a, And Danny Amadola, Danny's been doing a nice job. We're starting to try to incorporate their, the uh, tight ends back into the game plan. You know, even trying to throw the balls to the, to the uh, running backs, too. So so, and and Hall Jr., my goodness, where did he come from? That's Mr. Big Play right <laughs> yeah. there. So, you know, so, again, these guys have been doing what they needed to do on, on the offensive side of the ball. But, again, hamstr- hamstrung without a run game, I mean, it just makes it hard. It definitely does make it hard. And the Lions have a challenge for themselves this weekend when they go to Chicago and that Chicago Bears defense. What is this Lions offense going to have to do to be successful against the Bears defense? Tori, I know. Again, we're going to have to come out and I just think we're going to have to gain possessions. I just think we're going to have to limit them. And we – I think we'll be all right because their offense is struggling so bad under Mitchell Trubisky. I think their defense is getting kind of frustrated with their lack of offense. So we don't have to worry about that. So I I, I think if we put up a certain amount of points – I think, and don't let Mitchell get comfortable back there or start feeling that he's a real NFL quarterback. If we don't let him start feeling that way, I think we'll have a chance, a good chance against the Chicago Bears team, maybe by putting up, I I would go as far as saying we could probably put up 14 to 17 points and be the Chicago Bears team because of the way they're struggling on the offensive side of the ball. Let me just stop right now. Go ahead. I'll let you jump in. Well, I I'm, I'm just wanted to point out that last year, Chase Daniel stepped in at quarterback. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk in Chicago about should the Bears bench Mitchell Trubisky and the Lions could be facing a backup this weekend. But that didn't matter last year because Chase Daniel beat them last year. Tori, we got to have some pride. You got to step up, Tory. I'm just Trub- pointing it out. Right, but Trubisky, 
he in the very he okay. I'm not gonna say he isn't a very good quarterback. I'm gonna just say he isn't playing very good. Oh, he isn't playing good at all right now. He's just not playing good football right now. So to me, this should be advantage for our defense to get well. You know how sometimes they say an offense goes against a bad defense to get well. Well, our defense should be able to get well against this offense because I'm really not impressed with what I've seen so far with Chicago's offense. What's wrong with their offense right I'm, now? I mean, again, they tried to run the ball, but they've had some injuries. Kyle Long, um, they had to put him on IRR, so he was their best offensive lineman. So they're having some uh, issues with their offensive line consistently blocking. Of course, the quarterback, he's hesitant. His confidence level is at, at low. I'm watching him against Philadelphia, and there's some guys open and he won't throw the ball, you know, and it was pointed out throughout that game, too. So when a quarterback doesn't throw the ball to an open gun, you know right away his confidence is shaking. So you, you got a guy like that. The only people I think can hurt us is maybe Tariq Cohen, the little fella, and he's a little <laughs> guy, and maybe Allen Robinson, you yeah. know, the kid from Country Day. But other than that, you know, I don't see a lot coming out of their offense, to be honest with you. Well, here's a little plug. We do our Lions game plan show on Fox Sports Detroit every week, and we have Coach Breakdown film of the opposing team. For the offense this week, we chose plays of Tariq Cohen and Allen Robinson. Mm -hmm. He breaks down those two guys and what they can do to hurt you. So if you guys are interested in hearing Coach Patricia's perspective on those two guys, watch on Fox Sports Detroit at 530 on Thursday nights. Uh, it will re-air throughout the weekend as well. Uh, so keep an eye out for that one because Coach has some some good thoughts on those two guys and what they can do to you. All right, let's talk about the Bears' defense and what they can do to yeah, you. Yeah. Who are you looking out for? Obviously, the conversation starts with Khalil Mack. That's right. You know, it starts and ends with him. Yeah. But, but they had the, the big guy, uh, Eddie Goldman. He's been playing real well in the middle. He got he hurt his hamstring a little bit in the last game. He'll probably be well enough because he came back in. So he'll probably be good to go against us. So he's been holding down the middle of the defense and stuff. And believe me, that Bears defense, they are tops. They don't give up big plays. You know, they're, they're good in 20 uh, yards per play. They're tops in yards per play. So it's going to be very, very tough for us to go against them. But again, Tori, I keep saying to me they're probably their weak point is I think they're secondary and again Mm. with the receivers that we have I think we should be able to move the ball consistently up um, against them even again even though I have to say this again even without a run game (laughs) I hope we can get one established but I do think we can move the ball against them and score against them using our receivers well you certainly do hope so and you're going up there into the elements where it's always windy right there on the lake maybe you do have to rely on a run game a little bit more Uh, We'll see what ends up happening. Uh, The Lions certainly have their work cut out for them, but I'm with you, Lomas. I'm glad we're not there in late December. I know. know. So we won't have to bundle up hopefully too much this Sunday. Oh, I got a cute coat. I'm ready. It's like all furry around the neck. (laughs) I get excited about my game day outfits, so I just got to – just got to plug that on the All podcast. Right, so I do, I do uh, look forward to at least breaking out that coat, even though I'm not looking forward to the weather. So, <laughs> well, Miss, we will see you in Chicago this weekend. Thanks so much for all your insight on the podcast. Thanks, Tori.